Another edition of Kent and the Steering Team. Once again, joined by myself, Phil, and my mate, Drew. Unfortunately, Kent can't be with us today. He's uh, actually off saving 12 handicapped children who are stuck up a tree. Uh, anyway, on with the show. Drew, sir, how are you, sir? Ooh, I like that rhyme. I am not oh, too wait. shabby. I got new glasses a couple of days ago, so I can now see a little clearer. Have I seen you with those glasses? Uh, if you if you actually looked at me today, then then yes. Well, I didn't. Well, I know I know you didn't. You you were with a customer. Yeah. So yes. No. Oh yes, you you were there today. Yes. Today. Yeah, that's true. Very man. very briefly. I I yeah. I, I was a little upset. I I must be honest. I was hoping to actually be able to talk to you for a minute. So um, I. This is a little follow-on from last week. Um, remember we were talking about Matchbox and all of that cool stuff? Yes. Well, a little bit nostalgic today um, when when you saw I had Marcus with me. And yes. he was wearing this red and white striped shirt. Yes. That's my old shirt, for a start. Wow! Wow, that's fantastic. The, yes. It's a Matchbox shirt. I know exactly what it would have looked like. I, know, I can picture it now. The white collared shirt. Two buttons, matchbox shirt. I've the, matchbox. the matchbox logo is on on the tag <laughs> on the shirt. Yeah. It was adorable though. He kept looking over at me. That was really cute. Yes. He was just wanted to talk. He did. And hang out. So did your customer though. Yes, yes, so did so did they. <laughs> uh, customer. Um anyway. I have to say though, before we go any further, I must make a very sincere Honestly, yep. very sincere apology to both my mother and the entire nation of Norway, of which I am a citizen. Last week, when we, when I, of all people, ran the segment on this day... Oh, no. <laughs> guess what 17th of May is? Of all the days, guess what it is? What? It's the National Day of no- Norway. <laughs> And, and guess what I, one, failed to mention, and two, completely dismissed as any bit of anything exciting on that day. That was the 17th of May. Oh, no. <laughs> so, Your people will disown you. So, whoops, for starters. I'm, su- I'm surprised you're not recording this from a tent in the backyard. Well, it came close. Ooh. Um, I got, I can't remember what I was called exactly. I was called something pretty... It was, I got, I got insulted <laughs> by my lack of ability, but yeah, so, That's fantastic. Uh, yes, 17th of May was Na- National Day of Norway, and I completely didn't acknowledge it. Mind you, to my credit though, it was recorded on the 16th of May. I had a, I'd completely forgot about the segment and rushed to find anything. I haven't celebrated that day due to the family not celebrating it for about seven years or so. 
That's no and also, excuse. And also, also, if I wasn't in Australia and I didn't get faced with the fact that it was a public holiday every year for my 26 years of my life, I probably wouldn't know when Australia Day is either. Just being honest. So it's not that much of an insult, but yes, I forgot. So big apology to Norway, big apology to, to mum. Last Saturday, uh, last um, Thursday was May 17th, National Day of Norway. Uh, yeah. After all, so happy the, after all the wonderful things that the Norwegian people have brought us. Like? My favourite smoked salmon. Yeah, valid. Okay, that's good enough for me. Uh, and also, um, they've shown how to be responsible when you get oil money and uh, not just be absolutely cavalier with it. So good on Norway. Yeah. Yay, Norway. Yay. Well done. There you go. You get the shout out. Now, all Norwegians, just leave me alone. Um, <laughs> on with the show. On with the show. On with the, on with the show. How are you? Aside from that. Uh, besides that, I'm well, thank you. I'm, I'm quite good. Uh, yeah, what's there to say? Um, still organizing stuff for my upcoming journey to India. And of course, my following trip to the US again. And still trying to come up with the solution for how on earth we're going to make this show happen while I'm not here. We're going to do a lot of pre-recording. <laughs> yes, we will. All of you get, get really excited because you're going to have by the end of it, month-old content that's being re- released as new. I like, I like the idea of that. We could, we could just do specials. Yes, like, uh, I don't know. Could, I haven't worked it out yet. We'll work it out closer to could, it. We could even do a clip show, the best yeah. of. And we'll have like a mixing sound, like, like between things, and just like have it scratched together and stuff like that. It'd be great. That was the worst mixing sound I've ever done. Forget it. You sounded like the Seinfeld sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Which made me think of the Seinfeld clip show. <laughs> I can't remember which episode it was. One of their episodes was genuinely just a clip, just a clip show. Well, The Simpsons has had clip shows, several clip shows and stuff. But they count them as actual episodes. That's what I can't get over. It's a yeah, cheat. It it's it's because there's like five seconds of original content in it. It's a cheat. The it is a cheat. Oh. But the Simps- I like how the Simpsons, for example, they, they acknowledge that it's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Like constantly whenever they have clip shows. They're incredibly self-aware and it's wonderful. It is fantastic. And speaking of self-aware, what did we see this week? We actually went and saw Deadpool. Yeah. So we mentioned it. We mentioned it on the show last week that... Last Thursday, 17th of May, we were going to go to the movies, and we did. We went to the movies, and yeah, we saw Deadpool 2. Deadpool was awesome. It was so good that it wasn't a complete cop-out failure rubbish sequel. We're going to assume you've all seen it now, or don't care that we talk about it, and talk about how much we adored it. Ugh. Mm. Ugh. Ugh. How to make a sequel 101. Ugh. Yeah, absolutely. Ugh. And and it's... Uh, I finally went back and rewatched. Um, I watched Deadpool one on Friday night, I believe, because my sister wanted to watch it because um, she hadn't seen it before, and I completely forgot that the end credit scene mentions Cable. Oh, I forgot that too. Yeah, the end credit scene of Deadpool one says, "Oh, don't worry, we'll be back." But in the next one, we're going to have Cable and stuff like that. It's going to be really cool, and it was really cool. It had Cable and everything. Yeah, it was great. It was. However. It, but but for the first time in, oh, since I think the movie twenty twelve, I had to leave the cinema to go pee in the middle of it. I'm really annoyed. I haven't had to do that 
again since the movie 2012 which came out in like 2011 or something like that it nearly killed That's you a long too time. i yeah i had to sit i i because i mean obviously the seats at the cinema are all recliners now so i had all the seat the seat upright so i could sit there properly because i was trying so hard to hold it in and lying down doesn't help so i was trying to sit there just i was just like come on come on come on nah couldn't do it had to go then there was another movie had obviously just finished because then there was a queue and so I had to wait in the queue all the while the movie was on and I just wanted to get back. To be fair, you only missed about two minutes. Still, that's two minutes that I could have watched. I could have just peed in the bottle or in a glass or cup or something like that. It was so funny though. I don't... Okay, so for those of you out there that that don't know Phil too well, he doesn't run, right? No. It's running is not in his nature. I don't think I've ever seen you run so fast. <laughs> well, I didn't want to miss, and I didn't want to interrupt people's view and distract them. No, that's fair. And I, it was distracting. I'm sure it was distracting having someone run past. I, I did see you run at work the other day. I forgot to tell you. <laughs> when? Where I no, don't explain it. I'll explain it off air, but... <laughs> I ran at work. You ran, I saw you through a door, and I saw you running, and I burst out laughing. <laughs> it's not funny. Why is it funny if I lo- run? A, you were running. B, you were running at work. That's... <laughs> yeah, that's because... <laughs> just, it doesn't happen. It, it was no, amusing. Valid. <laughs> Very valid. Valid point. Yeah, I ran. Deadpool 2, though. Deadpool 2. So it's got the kid from um, Taika Waititi's awesome movie with um, Sam Neill and the kid, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. So it's the kid from Hunt for the Wilder People. He's in it. He's playing this kid called Russell that has burning up hands. So he's a mutant. And We just watched uh, an interview with him. We should be able to remember his name. Couldn't at all tell you what his name is. <laughs> Let me see if I got that link open still. Probably not. Nope, I'm on something about Rick and Morty, so I have no idea what the kid's name is. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, Come on. The kid's name. Anyway, it's got the kid. It's got the big kid from that movie, and he goes around um, cables back in time to try and stop this kid, because the kid grows up to be a complete murdering bastard. Julian Dennison. There we go. So, Cable, played by Josh Brolin, who also played... Thanos, so this is weird, um, has come back in time to try and put a stop to this kid growing up to be a monster. And Deadpool gets involved, played by, of course, Ryan Reynolds, gets involved to try and stop uh, Cable from killing Fat Kid, Julian or whatever his name is. Yes? Yes. Right so far? Yep. So that's what happens. And calamity ensues. So we've got the continuation of the... um, minimalist staffing of the X-Men who uh, introduces X-Force as well as because he's got his his crew there as well that he hires the X-Force crew yep yep that was this that's when I oh, you yawned then I <laughs> um he he <laughs> he, he uh, that's when I went to pee so while he was hiring all his staff is when I when he went when I was peeing. So I missed them hiring everyone, but I got the pretty much all of it. Um, and yeah. Oh yeah, you're fine. You didn't miss anything overly crucial there. Yeah, still. Still missed it. Still disappointed by myself. <laughs> by me. Yeah, of course. Of me. But that just means you have to watch it again. I will watch it again. Definitely watch it again. Mm. 
Um, I don't know what else we can really say about the film. It, uh, Without absolutely giving everything away. That end credits scene. Oh. Oh, oh, so good. There were... Yeah, it was... That was probably one of the best end credit scenes I've seen in a movie. I feel like it, it basically put every other Marvel movie's credit scene to shame. Oh, like it was so satisfying and just so nice that they just... They, they did a great job. If you haven't seen this movie, go and see it. It was really good. Look, we've... We, really funny. We've already said we're going to spoil a few things, so just block your ears for the next 30 seconds. I'm not I'm not talking about the, um, the end credits scene, but seriously, when he gets blasted by the kid into the, into the home, in, into the orphanage, and he signs his yeah. signature on, on the cereal box and chucks it down, they show <laughs> it just says Ryan Reynolds... <laughs> <laughs> oh dear <laughs> Jesus Christ what was in fact what was satisfying when the the school bus was thrown at the um, orphanage and the kids were sliding down it that made me want to do that I want to slide down the roof of a bus upside down bus we're gonna have you know to the scene? we're gonna have to make a movie that allows you to do that yep done doesn't matter what happens I'm doing that we're on a mission now to make that movie from God Yes. Yeah. I feel like it wouldn't yeah, be we'll a make stretch for that to happen in a Blues Brothers film. <laughs> no, well, there were nuns in it. There were. There was also yeah. Carrie Fisher with a flamethrower, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched Blues Brothers in so long. Why at the end of Blues Brothers does the car go so, so high into the air? Because it's a movie. <laughs> yeah, but it's totally out of character from the rest of the movie. Not really. The whole movie's kind of fantastical. No, but think about it. It just just randomly the car gets thrown about like a hundred kilometers into the sky. Yeah. Yeah. After going over a bump. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. Anyway, this is the same movie where James Brown is a priest, and the light, co- the light of God comes shining down on on those boys, and they know what they have to do. And valid. And Dan Aykroyd's in it. And he's skinny. And Steven Spielberg is in it as well, which yes! doesn't happen yes, he ever. Is. At, no. As the clerk at, still... at the Cook County Assessor's oh. Office. <laughs> That's still messed up. Oh, actually, can I just tell you? Tell you yes, um, yes. This, I don't know if this will infringe on uh, the next segment, which is probably quite handy that uh, we're going to be talking about some movie news. Um, I've been I've stumbled across a YouTube channel that talks a lot about the Jurassic Park films and the Jurassic Park world and stuff like that. Um, and did you know? I don't know. You probably did know this, but I didn't know this. Jurassic Park three was meant to be fairly different, and the process of filming it, um, they filmed a, a lot of the scenes that were shot were for the other version of the film. And then they started having to... They, they stopped production about a week before they started filming. Uh, oh, sorry, a month before they started filming. And went and rewrote the script entirely. But they'd already organized all the shoot locations and everything like that. So they just went and shot the scenes anyway. But then had to go and, in post, go and mix them and amalgamate them to make them make and tell a new story. Yeah. That, what a mess! That no wonder that film is so shoddy. It's just a complete mess. There's there's a lot of issues in that production. Um, go, you don't have it on disc, do you, or or anything? Yeah, I do. You do? 
Yeah. You have it on disc? I have it in the the the, the box the set trilogy. Yeah. Okay, so go watch the special features disc for it. Um uh, okay, so I have it on video. I do have it on yeah. DVD as well. But on the video, after the credits roll on the movie, there's a behind the scenes of it. It kind mm. of touched upon it a little bit, but then the disc special features go into it a lot further. But, it, but it's just such a mess. Yeah. You, like, they had this really cool outline of a story, and then it just sort of falls to pieces. Which is bizarre. But I am I am 100% convinced, and I've gone back and forth between the second and third films repeatedly to, to try and confirm this, that the building that they run to, the, the compound they run into in the third movie, yeah. is the same compound that Ian Malcolm gets airlifted out of yeah, in they, the they, second they, one. Yeah, the, so the thing that I was reading about in the other script it was... So it technically is. Yeah. It's but it but it looks completely different. It's a completely different setting. It's a completely different building. It's all different. The grounds are completely different. There's no one there to move shit around. Okay. Yet suddenly it looks completely different. Yeah, but the entrance, like like when they actually enter the building, mm. through the entrance that they go through, and then that interior lobby thing, that looks kind of the same. Yeah, it's, it's, it's completely different. It's, but yeah, it's, I, weird. it's meant to be the same. Yeah. Way. Like, like apparently got the, in the other script props on the walls and whatever in in the other script they were meant to have been in that that um compound they were meant to the whole group were meant to be in there for like a night and have to fend off raptors and stuff and build like a base kind of thing in there but none of that happened they just yeah flashed through that in about three seconds and the entire birdcage plot was actually from the first movie that they never wound up using yeah same with when they're in the um that stupid riverboat thing. Oh yeah, uh, and they're going along. That that scene was meant to be from the first movie as well. Yep. That was an inc- the ju- incredible feat, though. The um, speaking that scene. What's that? Oh, the, yeah, the Spinosaurus yeah, in the lake. Um, you should watch the um the behind the scenes with Stan Winston while he was still alive when he talks about how they how they actually got the animatronic Spinosaurus working in water. Because wouldn't it just expand from... That's like what happened in the first one. The T-Rex just kept expanding from the amount of moisture and water that was on it. So they had to yeah. pat it down. And it wasn't meant to get wet. And they just did the whole bloody thing in the wet. The amount of engineering that went into the Spinosaurus to, to allow it to go in the lake is incredible. Oh. Uh, the other thing that I uh, read, actually... So yesterday, i.e. Today yes. for us, Drew. Yes. But uh, yesterday, for all those listening to this, um, Jurassic uh, Park, The Lost World Jurassic Park, released in cinemas 21 years ago. Yes, it was. Yep, on the whatever today. Today's the 23rd, tomorrow's the 24th. So for you, all, all you people, 23rd of May in whatever year 21 years ago was, Jurassic Park 2 came out. Now, for, for those of you that talk to us often enough or have heard us talk about it often enough, as tough as it is to call a favourite in this series, I, th- I think I can safely speak for both of us when, mm-hmm. when I'd say this would be our favourite of the it, films. It is, and it's, it's it's really annoying. So for some reason, on the back of finding this this YouTube channel that I've been watching so many of the videos of, 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 from, of, from, from, of? Of? I don't know. <laughs> well, from watching the videos from that channel yes. of Jurassic Park, um, I've been really interested in trying to find the Jurassic Park the Lost World Jurassic Park soundtrack, and I can't find it on iTunes or 
on Apple Music. It's not on there. And I really want to listen to it. Like the King Kong style, doom, doom, like the drums and everything like that. And just, it's, ah, oh, it's so good, but it's not on anything. The Lost World soundtrack. Yeah. Give the me- first one is, the third one is Jurassic World is on there, but not Jurassic Park 2. I'm actually the Lost World. fairly certain I have the soundtrack. On Spotify. No, on, on my laptop. Because I can't find it bloody anywhere. It's driving me insane. Um... Yeah, I don't know why. Yep, but I just it. wish it was John Williams, The Lost World. I've got the entire soundtrack. Ah, uh, yep. Well, you have to put it on a USB one time. I will. I will. I've got the whole thing here. Because it's the it's such a great soundtrack. It's it's again it's probably my favorite soundtrack because it's got the best themes mixed with a whole bunch of awesome newer ones. Um, Michael Giacchino's one for Jurassic World was okay and had some memorable ones and used some of the awesome classics but it wasn't very it's not that special the first one's awesome but the sequel builds on that and then the third one just strips it bare and makes it look crap again but you know i feel really bad about that because john williams handpicked don davis to continue with jurassic park 3 (laughs) well but well i'm I'm a bit disappointed in both spielberg's just um you know, hand picking of Joe Johnson, and I'm a bit disappointed with uh, John Williams' selection of Don, whatever the hell his name is, doing not a very good job. Yes, well, we tend to write both off a lot a good job. of Jurassic Park three. Yes, we do. Uh, uh yeah. I look, Jurassic Park three is just an absolute mess. And interest, it was interesting to hear the the whole script process for Jurassic Park four. Which eventually became Jurassic World in the end after about the 14th bloody script rewrite. It's interesting how much of it, like, how much of the rumoured stuff actually made its way in. The yeah. one the one theory for the film that was never discussed that wound up being the actual movie, though, was what if someone actually went and made the park and opened it? Well, it's funny. So, so that was one of Spielberg's things. He had to make it where there was someone that was training the dinosaurs the park had to be fully functioning yep um and i think the last one was dinosaurs had to be used in like uh, as a weapon kind of thing the weaponized thing had been talked about for years mm. and the other creepy thing that they kept talking about was hybrids and, and i'm still glad they didn't do the bloody hybrids because a human dinosaur hybrid is just absolutely ridiculous. Did you see? Okay, so apparently, I saw pictures of it. Yeah, they they commissioned concept art for that. Yeah, I saw it. Why? I'm so glad it never happened. It looked frightening. I. It, oh. It's interesting though. So Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, the sequel that's coming out quite soon. Yeah, looks to me a lot like early on in about 2007, 2008 the thought was that this would be Jurassic Park 4 would be called Jurassic Park 4 Extinction yeah, and it would be about ending the island or blowing it up or something like that and yep. now here we go in Jurassic Park uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom we've got a giant volcano on the island wiping the island out but also I was talking to someone today or yesterday for all you listening uh, that it's a bit weird how it seems in some ways like Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom are kind of following the same sort of path as Jurassic Park and Jurassic Park The Lost World because first Jurassic Park, parks, you know, in Jurassic World it's open, Jurassic Park it's starting up, and then it all goes horribly wrong and people die and everyone gets eaten and the park's a disaster and you can't open this park. 
you know, I will not recommend you open the park, and therefore the park's not open. Um, and in the second one, they take the dinosaurs off the island, and that's going to happen in this one, it seems. From everything I've read, heard, whatever, apparently they will leave the island very early in the piece in this one, not like mm. last time where it was it's saved the for the final act. It's interesting, though, as well, how Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, apparently everything that we've seen in the trailer is only of the first bit of the movie. It's not the whole thing. That makes me very happy. It does, because it means that we're seeing what we think is one story, but we're going to see something very different. That's but cool. we're still excited for it. That's wonderful. Uh, you have some news for me, I believe. I have some movie news. I have some movie news because I read some really good movie news this evening, and I thought it was worth sharing... But more than that, I would rather have your reactions recorded to some of this news. Oh, God. It's, it, it's good. It, okay. It's just pleasantly right. surprising. All right. Uh, okay, so one of them I, I already shared with you because I sent you the thing to watch. Um, and that was about Harrison Ford and his reaction to Solo, a Star Wars story. So, uh, yes, we're seeing that on Monday. We are. Uh, it comes out in actually the first screenings will start in about 39 Today. minutes from this recording. Yes. Uh, a friend of mine's actually going to it. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I've got a mate down in Adelaide who's watching it tonight. So, Adelaide, no, <laughs> good answer. Continue, <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway. Solo, which has been receiving mixed reviews so far. Mixed to poor for a Star Wars film. Yeah, yeah, poor for a Star Wars, but mixed. Currently sitting at a, actually a fairly decent 72% on Rotten Tomatoes. Again, poor for Star Wars, but good in general. Anyway, Mm -hmm. um, according to uh, director, a director of the film, Ron Howard... (laughs) I can't, I can't, Phil Lord and Chris Miller deserve credit. Anyway, according to Ron Howard, Harrison Ford has seen the film twice and adores it. Well, even in the clip that you showed me, so you, you shared on it on... I do. We'll have to put this on the page as well. Um, a clip of Harrison Ford sneaking up behind, ha- well, young Han Solo actor, whatever his name is. Alden Ehrenreich. That one. Um, and, uh, yeah, he was saying how incredible a job that Alden did and he thought it was really good. So yeah, uh, absolutely. He seems to really like it. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good positive. That's a very positive. And it's something for us to be excited about. Now, if we're talking about getting excited about something, well, look, Sony have been trying very hard to have hits again because they haven't had hit movies in a long time. Mm. Um, Their most successful film of recent times was the Jumanji sequel, so that should, you know, give you an idea of where they're at. They have a new movie due out next year. This movie will be opening... Where is it? I've got a date for it. June 14th next year. It'll be a new Men in Black film. Really? Really. Now, we already knew that that was a thing. It's a Men in Black spin-off of some description that will be 
reuniting Thor Ragnarok stars Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson, who played Valkyrie in that film. Right? Yeah. Today's bit of news is that a third person has joined the cast. Mm Mm-hmm. Liam Neeson. No, really? Really. We're going to see Liam Neeson in a Men in Black film. (laughs) That's fantastic. Yeah. Yes. That's really good. I'm really excited for that. So... So Chris Hemsworth's in it as well. I didn't know Chris Hemsworth was in it. Yeah. So F. Gary Gray, who directed The Italian Job and most recently The Fate of the Furious, is directing the film... And the film is written by Iron Man screenwriters Matt Holloway and Art Markham. Um, That's pretty good. I I have confidence in them. Yeah. So the article, as it reads from The Hollywood Reporter, Hemsworth and Thompson are not playing the same alien fighting and world-saving characters portrayed by Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones in the initial film trilogy. The new movie is set in the same on-screen world, however. That's cool. That's I like that. That's good. Plot details and the characters Hemsworth and Thompson will portray are being kept secret, but on the Neeson front, it is known that he will play the head of the Men in Black organization in London, where the story begins. That's really cool. That's good. I like that there's... See, I don't have a problem with that, with the film being within the same world, as, but not if it's trying to continue on the same bloody story. Yep. So I'm really excited for that. That's really good. I like that idea of, of being in the same world. Yep. Walter F. Parks and Laurie McDonald, who produced the original movies, are back as producers, while Steven Spielberg is returning as executive producer. Yep. I have no problem with this. This is fantastic. Um... I am disappointed that we're not getting the um, the Jump Street crossover that was planned. That would have been fantastic, wouldn't it? Yeah, because after 22 Jump Street, they were going to do MIB 23. Yeah. And have... What were their names? Django and Schmidt join the Men in Black. Oh, that that would have been... that. See, no, but a lot of the films that they showed in that, that ending credit <laughs> scene would have been terrific. Yeah, but... But this one wasn't even one of those. This this was a genuine Sony were trying to make this. Aw, that, that would have been good then. That was a real one. <laughs> I'm a real one. Yeah, that is that is a bit disappointing. I'm a real film. <laughs> Jesus. That would have been really good, actually. That is a bit disappointing that that didn't happen. It would have. But, alas, we are still getting a follow-up to Men in Black. But honestly... Is this going to be called, do you reckon it'll be called Men in Black 4? Or do you reckon it's just going to be called Men in Black? Or do you reckon it's going to be called something different? Or I don't know. I don't know. It could be. I, I was wondering that before. I was like, but, but it, why would you call it Men in Black 4? And then I thought maybe they'll call it The Men in Black. Yeah, Who maybe. Knows? Who knows? Or in our, yeah. in our politically correct society, maybe it'll be called Men and Women in Black. The Team in Black. Yeah. Well, you, they could still. Well, if uh, you know, I would love it though if they had Will Smith in there with um, the song "Men in Black" in there. I yeah, I was listening yeah, to it. I, Men in Black. I listened to it the other day. It's a great song. I know it's based off of a real song of something else, but it's a great song. I love the song he did for the second movie. Nod your head. The black suits coming. Well, at least it wasn't uh, Pitbull. Yeah, like the third one. 
No, I didn't have a problem with that song though. I quite liked that song. That was a good song, but uh, no, still, it's it's (laughs) it's, there's nothing quite like Will Smith's Men in Black. There's there's nothing quite like Will Smith when he's singing or rapping, which begs the question: Why has he not produced another album in the last twelve years? Yeah, I wonder why. That is an interesting point. I mean, driving me nuts because he's genuinely still terrific at it. He's made some shit choices on acting roles, but, you know... The man just discovered choices. Instagram. Like, come on. He should... He should. He is really talented. He is. Talented. Oh, we, we will get to hear him sing in about a year. He's playing the genie for Aladdin. Of course he is. Of course he is. I wonder if that will spark him to come back and do something else. I hope it does. Well, I mean, because, like... I, but I just one thing. I still find it bizarre that the song "Switch" that he released yeah. had nothing to do with the fact that he was starring a movie called Hitch. Hitch. <laughs> it sounded really. It sounded almost intentional. I know, and they came out at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Did did it appear in the movie at all? No, no, no. There's no crossover at all. Like, but they. I thought they were the same thing. I thought they were for each other. Just like Men in Black was for Men in Black, yeah. I thought that Switch was for Hitch. No, it was just I. I think he was he released them at the same time intentionally to generate some hype and to sell yeah. more records. But that was a good song too. Oh, it's great! I go I go back and watch the music video every so often, just hmm. for kicks. It's wonderful. William J. Smithington. I don't know what his name is. Oh man, that that Will Smith though. The Smithson. What else has he done? Oh well, he did the the Fresh Prince of Bel Air theme song as well. That was another big one. But of course, he just had an entire rapping catalog as well, and which he, I'm not too familiar with. I mean, I know the the big hits, but you know. And he produced a child that would go on to be featured as a tattoo on the leg of an impractical Joker. <laughs> Jaden Smith on Sal Volcano's leg. <laughs> That's still one of my favorite things. And then Sal's cry when no one else gets tattooed with a, a, a Smith family member. He just shouts out, why do you just give us all the Smiths? I can't believe they didn't just do that. <laughs> because it's funnier. He has Jaden Smith. Apparently Jaden Smith has seen the tattoo as well. In fact, yeah, they've taken nuts. a picture together. They've taken a picture with Sal's leg next to Jaden Smith's real head. It's hilarious. That's excellent. Uh, Jaden Smith, stupid weirdo. Did you watch his version of The Karate Kid? No, but I heard the Justin Bieber song, Never Say Never. Oh, that's right. That was for the movie, wasn't it? Yeah. and I then about the, that. Yeah, and there's the whole part of it where Jaden actually raps. I... Like David and Goliath. And yeah. now you got the world on your back and something, 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 or something else. And he just starts going on about random crap again. I went and watched the film. I, d- yes. I did. It's got Jackie Chan in it. That's a plus. That's a big plus, And that was a lot of the reason I watched it. Yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't care about the kid so much. Although there was no reason to think he would be bad per se, because I had seen him with his dad in the pursuit of happiness and he was excellent. He was awful in. Um, I didn't watch. One? I didn't watch After Earth. That one. That's I didn't the do it. garbage scrap heap of crap. Yeah, it was an M Night Shyamalan film, and given that it was the first movie he did after The Last Airbender, 
Mm-hmm. I figured I'd go two for two and just steer very clear of it. <laughs> Good decision. Apparently, it was horrific. I have not seen either of those two films. I'm very happy. I don't with intend that. on seeing them. However, The Karate Kid. It's not that bad. It's mm. there's. I don't know that I agree with calling it the Karate Kid when he does Kung Fu in it, not karate. Well, that completely defeats the purpose. Yep. Jackie Chan was excellent. Like, of course, there was never any doubt. The kid is good. He's good. He just... It's a very different version of the Karate Kid. And for anyone that's seen the actual Karate Kid, because I feel like less and less people now would have seen the original especially our generation or any generation mm. after that like you, you just you cringe at a few things just go well why why do you exist it just shouldn't be a movie the well, original yeah. is perfect no need well, to I, I've not bothered seeing the karate kid with Jaden Smith if I'm honest no that's alright just not interested um it's all right. The original Karate Kid is living on again. YouTube is currently um, doing a television series called Cobra Kai, mm-hmm. which continues the original Karate Kid with the original actors. I did. Wow. Okay, that's pretty cool. That is very cool. That's it's, good of them. Yeah, it's it's out now on YouTube Red. Season one is already out, and they're currently filming season two. What is YouTube Red? Is it isn't that a music based thing? Or is this just YouTube's paid version, which is a bit like Netflix and Bloody Stan? And it's their premium streaming service, Amazon yeah. Prime, and stuff yeah, like that, all yeah, that kind of stuff. it's their version of that. But okay. they bought the rights to the Karate Kid to make a television series. That's good of them. Well yep. done. Good, good on yep. YouTube. You're trying, and they got the original actors in there, so. Good on them. That's that's really I like that when a network chooses to do that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, you mentioned tattoos before. You you were telling me. In fact, you showed me a picture of. <laughs> and while you're watching, so Drew, if you don't know, he's watching The Office, uh, the US version of The Office for the first time. I am. Um, and I'm very proud of him because I love the US version of The Office. It is. Uh, it's one of my favorite TV series. Period. Like I just love it so much. Um, and Drew's watching it through, and apparently he, you saw a picture of, we'll put this on our uh, Facebook page as well, um, our uh, dearest Rain Wilson <laughs> put a picture up of, of himself with the back tattoo, uh, obviously photoshopped, I'm uh, of um, Ben Affleck, because Ben Affleck got himself a back tattoo. But it's a, but it's a tattoo of Ben Affleck looking over his shoulder at his own back with his back tattoo. I love it. It's back tattooception. But I love that I was, I looked at it and then I looked up at my TV and saw the one-on-one interview with Dwight. (laughs) It was just meant to be, it was just the right timing. Um, Rain Wilson everywhere. (laughs) Well, that's not a bad thing though. No, it's not. Rain it's Wilson's fantastic. I'm trying to look at that picture as well. Anyway, uh, but oh, <laughs> what? So wait, so so Ben Affleck's got himself a back tattoo. It seems. Have you never heard the story of Ben Affleck's back tattoo? No, tell back me the story. Tattoo, not tell back me the story. tattoo. That would be funny. Okay, so there's so for the last several years, Ben Affleck has like when he's been 
at the beach or whatever or out and about like we've seen little glimpses in paparazzi photos mm. that he appears to have a tattoo on his back and over the years it's just gotten a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger and so on and so forth <laughs> but there's never been one clear photo of the tattoo and then recently he got it completed and what you saw on rain wilson that, that's it <laughs> that's the back tattoo that's the back I, that's tattoo. just I just can't believe that he'd got... What? Like, it's not particularly good. <laughs> no. It's a but bit it's bizarre. Quite funny. It's me- uh, quite very I think, funny. I think it's this massive dragon on his back or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm trying to load up the picture now, but I've got an awful computer, so it's not very far. Yeah, it's just... It's so funny. It's a dragon, or is it like a lizard or something? I don't know what it... But- Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, it's just... It's funny. Well done, Rain Wilson. That's, that's really funny. Oh, I love that. That will definitely go up on our uh, page for sure. Indeed I'll make sure that happens. Oh, dear. Um, Rain Wilson. How are you finding... What are you up to on The Office, by the way? How are you finding it? I am in season four at the moment. Um, Yes. What was the episode called? Did I Stutter? That is the Did I Stutter? (laughs) It was so good. With the fake firing. Oh. And just the way Stanley gets so, like, just absolutely dismissive of Michael, and Michael just goes, They're alive! And just cracks it and blows up, and then he's so upset, he starts to cry when Stanley questions him. I loved that... So, I'm, I'm going to spoil the episode, I don't mm-hmm. care. I love that, at the end, Michael made him go in and sit down with him and talk, and, and sure... He got upset and cried and whatever, and Stanley said his piece. But then, out of nowhere, Michael just goes, Look, I, I get that, but we are at work, and I am your boss, and you can't say that to me. Michael has these moments of brilliance where... He does! He, he goes from being a complete dumb shit, or an idiot, or an incredibly rude or offensive person, and just talks absolute sense and it's so surprising but so satisfying as well well it's at the right moments it, it is like okay so the episode where um where he goes with jan to talk to the potential mm-hmm. business client and and yes, he's talking about Chili's. how how he has yeah like he's got this this plan for how to talk to the guy he's like yeah yeah i know how to do it and and she goes no no let me like like i'm i'm the boss i'm the one i know how to and whatever mm. she tries, it doesn't work. And then he he just tries to befriend the guy and absolutely makes it all work and makes the sale. No wonder she falls in love with him. Because he just... just there's she, some intelligence in there. She'd never seen that side of him until he closed that sale like that. And the she fact that The understood. fact that she was trying to pitch the whole time and there he is just talking about food and just talking about drinks and just being an idiot and telling jokes and stuff and being a total fool... And then, boom, right in there with a sales pitch and gets it straight away. Ah, and it's no wonder that he is the branch manager. All of it makes so much sense when you see the glimpses of brilliance in there. Mm. It's just frustrating that it's not consistent. (laughs) No, it's it's normally, it's not really there very often at all for Michael. But yeah, there's, there's, uh, yeah, there's real, yeah. Michael Scott's, I love Michael Scott. He's an idiot. He's pathetic. He's a child. 
he's just a total fool and an idiot but at the same time in there there's a real smart kid it's excellent mm. and it's so sharply written and i'm uh, i'm thoroughly enjoying the show I am also eagerly awaiting, I am aware that there is a moment where, um, where Ricky Gervais makes an appearance yes. as, yeah, that- as David Brent and I yeah. want to see Michael meet David. I really want to see that happen. It's, it's good. It's such a weird, you just wouldn't expect it. And it's just out of nowhere you see it and you go, oh, wow. I, I, it's really cool. I need I to see, see it. I still remember watching it for the first time when it was on Channel 10 when the first season of The Office came out. Yep. And then it started to disappear and I was really enjoying it and I really liked watching it and I was so disappointed when it disappeared and I didn't see it for about, I think that was in 2004, 2005 and I didn't see it or hear anything about it because Channel 10 stopped showing it, the jerks, until about 2008, 2009 and so then suddenly my sister came home with these discs which had been had the office burnt onto them and i just couldn't believe it and i started watching it again and i loved it again and i just flew through it and then finally i worked out how to uh obtain the copies on my own <laughs> and uh i uh, got to watch it and continue watching it and i finished the show the same time as the rest of the world very nice and that was sad yeah it was nice very nice almost a full circle yep the times when the period of time when australia started to open up these digital channels and then all your favorite shows got a bit dispersed or completely lost altogether it was a, a little hard, bit it was a hard time yeah, wasn't it it was a very very hard time um you just i felt like the end of an era indeed <laughs> oh dear but um you, you need to watch the uk office please i know I, but you but you know that i'm such a big fan of ricky gervais but he just stresses me out so much but i really want to watch it i find it gets easier as you continue watching the office to deal with david brent as a character especially by the time you hit the christmas specials which is mm. where the show ends it has its two seasons and then the specials as soon as you get to the christmas specials you're like no nope, i like he's funny you know his shtick and you, like you kind of feel bad for him but at this point you just want to laugh at him for every <laughs> dumb decision he's making <laughs> valid valid because he because he genuinely just thinks he's god's gift to the world yeah he does he really does and and, they, and they, i love that ricky's playing someone that he's met before yeah <laughs> like they, he's playing someone from his life they they try to pepper Michael with a little bit of that as well. Yeah. And then they give him just enough to make it work. Like yeah. when it, when he talks about how he'd like to be remembered. <laughs> I, I just, there's, there's a scene, um, I can't remember when it is, but Michael's talking about how, look, in his, in his dream world, you know, he's, he's retired and he's on his yacht yeah. and yeah. he's got his kids and, you know, he's remembered for being like a legend, a really cool guy. And then, and then Michael says, you know, see, that's why I don't worry about life. I mean, I have a yacht, for God's sake. Like, I obviously, I'm going to do pretty well in life. It's like, wait. So, Michael's getting confused between his dream for his retirement mixed with reality. And he just assumes that because in his dreams, he's going to have a yacht as an old man. That he's going to get happen. there. It's like, Michael, that's not how it works at all. What are only, you doing? I only watched that episode a couple of days ago. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just love it. I still watch that scene even just go, oh, Michael. Oh, Michael, he's just such an idiot and so innocent, stupid. I love those one-on-ones with him. I could watch them all. It's like watching Nick Offerman having his one-on-ones mm. in Parks and Rec. <laughs> yeah, except except this guy is more of a fool and doesn't understand or have a grasp on reality. Not Neither does um, Ron Swanson, though, but still. No. It's, just, it's from a completely different angle. There's Ron Swanson, who's this hard-ass kind of guy who doesn't care about anything and is against everything that that he works for yet michael is in love with everything that he works for but is completely clueless about it all it's good it's a it's a yeah i like the fact that so the first time i started watching parks and rec i didn't like it and then i started i so i stopped and then i started getting a bit annoyed with the last couple seasons of the office um just wasn't doing it for me anymore so then i was like ah I'll give Parks and Rec another crack. And I loved it. I watched it and I stuck with it and I loved it. And I, I, I'm so disappointed it's gone. I love Parks and Rec, but I'm still I'm still before the halfway mark of the show because mm-hmm. it just it, it gets so frustrating to me as well that I I just mm. go right now, you know, shelf it for a while. And then every time I shelve it, I, I leave it too long and then I go, right, I have to watch from the beginning again. And yep. I get stuck in an infinite loop. That's but, like me with a, walk, a watch through of Harry Potter's. Ah. I don't have yeah. that trouble. No, I do. I try to do a marathon and I get to like the third one or the end of the fourth one and go, ugh, too much, got to stop. And then I go, nope, if I'm going to do a marathon, I have to watch from the start and I watch it from the start again. Yep. Yeah, Continue what you were saying. I'm thinking, because I just want to double check, one of the creators Mm. of Parks and Rec, where are we? Yeah, Michael Schur, creator Mm. of Parks and Recreation, is also one of the key writers of The Office. Mm. He also, (laughs) he also plays Dwight's cousin Moose. Is that my? Is that because I knew that 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 um, I knew that Moose was one of the writers. Yeah, it's or Michael, Moose was a writer of The Office. Michael Schur. Um, you also no, it know- is. I've seen him from yeah, I've seen him from um, like Comic Con cast of Parks and Rec. Yeah, continue. Yeah. So you also know him as one of the creators of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he also, yeah, yeah. He also created The Good Place. Which is amazing. If you haven't watched it, get onto it. You know, Parks it's on my and, list. Parks and Rec, um, The Office US version, one of the head writers, uh, producer of Saturday Night Live. This guy is a genius. He does a lot for NBC. And he does a great job as playing Moe's. Moe's is one of my favorite characters and you don't see them very often. His <laughs> um, his IMDB picture is him as Moe's. Yes. Oh, it's Moe's. so good. Such a weirdo. It's wonderful. Have you seen... I'm trying to think. What season is it? Have I'm you in seen season four. Have you seen Shroot Farms at all? Yeah, I saw Jim and Pam spend the night there. Okay, you have seen the, them spend the <laughs> night there. Cool. And as you'll uh, notice that uh, we're completely wireless here at Shroot Farms. Um, that is, of course, until I can find where Moe's hid all the wires. <laughs> like, it's just... It's so stupid. Or Moe's sitting on the toilet and the door flapping in the wind. Uh, too many in-jokes here. Uh, go and watch The Office, everyone. If you haven't watched The US Office, please do. Uh, it's a really nice show. Just 
make the effort oh. and push through the first season. Oh, uh, yeah. You have to. You have to do it, though. You have to do it. I don't think I'll ever watch that first season again. It's just... But you've watched it, though. I've watched it now, and I'm I'm satisfied with that, but I don't think I could deal with the stress again and the frustration of watching British scripts played out by American actors, mm-hmm. especially when I've seen it done perfectly by Ricky Gervais and Martin Freeman and Mackenzie Crook. Like, they, mm. that golden trio, they, they just nail it perfectly. And then... It's nothing on the American actors because they're all excellent. Like it's down to the script and everything like that, and that's yeah. why they branched off it so far from the second season. Like straight away, they just went in their own direction. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, all the all the cornerstones of those three characters are kept intact in both versions. It's just that the dialogue is now better suited for Steve, Rain, and John. It mm. like it works a lot better now with them having American writers who understand the characters, but also understand how to deliver the dialogue in their own way. Mm-hmm. So yeah. much better. Oh. Yeah, I the dynamic it. becomes a lot tighter as well. It feels a lot more yeah. slick. And also Steve doesn't look like he's losing his hair. Yeah, I don't understand it. How can he look younger when he's older? It's because he has his hair oiled and slicked back in season one. So it's highlighting the fact that his hair is thinning at the front. Aww. Poor Steve Carell. Where, have a look. He wears his hair differently after season one. Also, mm. he lost weight. That's the other thing. Did he? Yep. Go compare him in season one and then look at him in from season two onwards. And he's easily lost a chunk of weight. Uh, he, yeah, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you it's, mean now. It's so obvious. Oh. oh dear. He also stops just wearing the shirt and starts wearing the actual suit. Yes, more. that's why I noticed it, because he's wearing just a shirt, whereas in the second season he's not. He's wearing the, the full suit. He also starts wearing a tailored suit when he does, like, because even when he wears the full suit in season one, mm-hmm. it it's big on him. You can see mm. that it's big on him. Yeah. It, it's not a comfortable fit. Yep. Excellent. Um, we've gotten so carried away with topics that we've the time completely has away from gotten, us. We've absolutely, yeah, completely uh, lost track of time and everything like that. But that's okay. Um, we've got time for one more segment. We won't have time for on this day also because I haven't done the research. Um, and obviously <laughs> that got me in. S- that got me in such trouble last week that it's Jesus. I don't want to go down that alley again. I'll probably miss something hey. else incredibly important. Maybe that was his plan for you all along with the oh, segment. Yeah, to make me look like a complete fool. Anyway. Fool of a took. A fool of a took. Throw yourself down there. Rid us all, rid us all of your stupidity. Damn it, I can't say that line fast. I used to be able to say it so fast and so exact, but now I just look like a fool of a took. Anyway. Done there. Uh, anyway. Um, yes, of course, if you'd like to join us on this show and have some bants with us here on air, Feel free. Uh, let us know on the Facebook page. And of course, if you are on the show, it means that you'll probably get to hang out with us. Um, and if you're hanging out with us, we'll be nice enough to re- uh, reward you with a little bit of a, a category win. And that is the sick hint of the week. Of course, this week, 
we do have uh, different winners, seeing as no one is the guest here on the show. And it is actually uh, in relation to the royal wedding. You'll no, notice we didn't talk about it the whole episode. No, because I couldn't give a single shit about the royal wedding. What I could give a shit about is um, a fantastic little HBO production uh, called... It was called Cord uh, and Tish um, Do the Royal Wedding. And uh, essentially what it was, was uh, Will Ferrell and Molly Shannon in characters dressing up as incredibly fake uh, Pasadena um, pageant um, uh, commenta- uh, commentators that also do, uh, always do like kind of parody um, parade commentaries and stuff like that. They're really like the, the Koshy, um, David Kosh style kind of cringy dad typed ugh gross unfunny cable television producer uh host type things so they did a fantastic satire um commentary of the the uh, royal walk or whatever it is you know when they leave the church and they ride in their horse and carriage down the road all the way into the uh the palace so they did a commentary of that and it was so funny i've still got it saved on foxtel and i've rewatched it a couple of times bits and pieces not the whole thing um i should really sit down and watch it in one complete go just because it's so good it's just they do such a good job and such a real life a real um accurate display or portrayal of these kind of wanker uh, commentators so it's so good um they also do the whole thing live they did the whole thing live and they didn't break character at all and I don't know how they didn't just break out in laughter and completely ruin it. But I think for that awesome ability to do that and also have a fun um, outlook on the world and have a bit of fun with it, I think that they've earned the right to be the uh, Sick Kents of the week. It's two people, two winners this week. Would you? I think that's perfect. You would? Hey, you have to watch it. You have to watch it on YouTube even. I'll try and find a clip of it. I'll put it on the YouTube page. It's so good. It's really, really funny. Just save it on your... Um, save it on your Foxtel a little longer. Mm-hmm. I'll come over and watch it. Mm-hmm. It'll stay there. It'll stay there. Yeah, so good. <gasps> Ooh, we have, okay, we have a last minute bit of breaking yes. news. It won't be. Comcast is preparing to outbid Disney for Fox's assets. Really? So they, well, we spoke about that briefly last week, so it looks like they're going to do it? Yep. It looks like they're going to do it. I'm just I'm opening the article now. It looks like it's happening. That's a shame, I think. This is not good. We had heard that Comcast might be in a position to outbid Disney for the majority of Fox's assets, and it looks like that day has come. Obviously, this would be a major disappointment for Marvel fans. Mm-hmm. Comcast has now confirmed that it is in advanced stages of preparing an all-cash bid for the assets of 21st Century Fox, countering the $52.4 billion offer from Disney. Does Disney have an opportunity to raise their bid? Oh, oh, I don't know. Their bid is said to be in the $60 billion range. This is not set in stone yet, however, and under the terms of Disney's proposed deal, Fox would have to pay a breakup fee of $1.52 billion if they decided to pull out of the pact for any reason not related to a regulatory body blocking the transaction. 
could Disney still make a counteroffer? We'll just have to wait and see how things shake out. But as of right now, things don't look good for the legions of fans. Hoping to see the X-Men and Fantastic Four back home with Marvel Studios. Oh, Jesus. Ugh. All right. Well, we, we will live in hope that Disney will pull through mm-hmm. because we all want to see all the franchises together. We want to see Star Wars completed back at Disney since Fox have eternal rights to episode four. And we, of course, want to see the Marvel Universe under one banner. Absolutely. And uh, like, what, like what I did there, Bruce Banner. Yeah. Ugh. Yep. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, everyone, for having uh, a listen this week. We will uh, be here next week to tell you all about Solo, a Star Wars story. Yes, we will. And uh, till then. Till then, enjoy DJ Quads. Mm. Yep. Yep.